glory in the legends of this hard muscle life. And there's poetry in each season made of sweat and strife. But now's the time to work and strain at a sport that tests the spirit and challenges the brain. Come on, come on, come on, let's go. Hey, I'd like to have 75 degrees and sunny all the time too, but that's not football. Do you fear the force of the wind, the slash of the rain? We're going to play us through light and rain. Go face them and fight them. Be savage again. It is draft week, which of course means it is Tom's time to shine. Not often are we talking about the Washington football team during this time of the year, but the NFL draft is just a few days away. Welcome into the Put Me In Coach podcast, everybody. It has been about a month since we talked to you, maybe a little over. Bobby Blanco, Tom Natale, Ian Foster joining you. That's a threesome tonight. Maybe we'll be joined by Gregory Porter later on in the program. Uh, thanks for uh, tuning in and giving us a follow. Put me and Coach Podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and SoundCloud. PMIC Podcast on social medias, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. At Tom underscore Natalia for Thomas. At Ian underscore Foster 21 for Iggy. And I'm at Bobby underscore Blanco. We got a lot to get to because, like I said, we haven't talked to you in, we haven't talked in a month or so. I think that I just saw like our last show was mid-March and we're in late April now. Uh, obviously, the meat of the program will be the draft, but the other teams in town, specifically the basketball and hockey team, are playing pretty well recently, wouldn't you say, boys? Pretty, pretty, pretty yeah. good. Pretty good. The um, Since we last talked, uh, the Caps have taken their chips and have pushed all in, giving oh. up Jacob Vrana, first and second round pick. Is that right? Uh, yes. For Anthony Month. Manta, am I saying that correct? Mantha, yeah. So, to the, from the Detroit Red Wings. Um, so far, so good. Mm. A first-round pick this year and a second-round pick next year. Not to mention, and and uh, uh, Richard Panic also went over in that. That year. was the th- that was the key of the deal. This is the like panic. we gave up. We gave up Panic. His contract was horrible. Yeah. So Clear that's why base. we had to give up more. And then it just ended up being like a swap. Of Rana and Mantha. Yeah. People keep on thinking we gave that up for Mantha. It's like, no, not really. It was like a Matt Stafford, Jared Goff type deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh. And uh, so it's, it's worked out. How long is Mantha under contract for? Is this a. We have about three more years. Okay. That's the other big thing. That's the other thing why we gave up picks and yep. two players just for the one guy. Because Rana was going to be a free agent at the end of this season and he was going to get paid. Oh. Now we've oh. got. Mantha, who fits better in Peter Lavalette's system for the next three years. And I, I am, a, as I've said multiple times, I am a novice hockey fan in comparison to the two of you. Um, how valuable are draft picks for hockey? I mean, it, pretty valuable, but put it like. Like, I don't think hmm. it's worth its weight in gold like it is no. for the NFL, NBA or something like that, right? No, I mean, there, there are more rounds in the NBA obviously bigger roster sizes and guys get to the big leagues, quote unquote, like NHL faster than they would in baseball. Okay. Um, they're pretty valuable. The thing is though, the, the caps draft really well. So it's not like they're giving up. And also it's one of those, like, I don't want to compare them to the Patriots, but like, think of it kind of like Patriots esque where they draft really well and their draft and their picks are always in the late part of the round. So mm-hmm. it's not like they're giving up a top 10 pick or a top 15. They're going to be giving up like between 20 and 30. You know, ideally the last pick, right? If they end up winning the cup. So mm-hmm. it's not like 
they're trading the world. They're, those aren't and it's the second round. It's like when next the year. Patriots trade away a first round draft pick. Yeah. Are they trading away really first round draft pick? And maybe not this year. The Caps are very good at drafting and also developing players and acquiring other young players in other different areas. So it's it, I, I think it's a great trade. I, everyone has said by all accounts, but the cost matches up and now the production that we're getting from Mantha is adding up because he he like scored at least a point in like his first five games with the Caps or something like that. Something crazy. Yeah. And like he immediately made an impact. He scored a goal his first game. Um so and an assist. And an assist. assist and a goal. So the he, chemistry just seemed almost instantaneous. It's just and it just it almost makes too much sense. Every I mean I'm not an I mean I have never seen Mantha play before he came to DC, but you can just tell he just fits better in Lavalette's system than Jacob Vrana did. And it, I'm going to miss V. I think we're all going to miss V. Love Vrana. And I'm going to root for him everywhere he goes, especially now that he's in the Western Conference. Definitely. Uh, <laughs> you see that thing on my wrist over here? Did you see my wrist? That's I tweeted that out when he got, when I saw the news. Like my favorite picture is <laughs> pulling up his short sleeve t shirt showing. His tattoo on his forearm, just so adorable, so drunk <laughs> after winning the so cup. So drunk. <laughs> he looked 18 years old. He did. <laughs> uh, Find me a, a national, a, a world champion that partied as hard as the Caps and with the people of its city, and I'll hang up. Uh, no. Yeah. NHL. Impossible. Well, I guess, I guess technically it's the Stanley Cup has a new rule Bless because you. of the Caps. Bless you. Bless you. There's a new rule put in place for how to handle the cup because of the caps. That's how that's how hard they partied. <laughs> no more cup stands. How were they the first people to realize that? Because we're awesome. <laughs> it's, it's, it's not we're very party? easy. Fucking oh, Ovi. Because I like to party. <laughs> I'm looking at the standings right now, and the we're not gonna be fucking sunk this year. Oh god, that day. <laughs> Ian Day. Parade. It was it was my day. <laughs> I had a fantastic day. I don't I lost count how many people you high fived on, on that day. Um I think I stopped counting at nine hundred ninety nine. <laughs> <laughs> um I'm looking at the standings right now and there's only one team ahead of us in the Eastern Conference, and of course it is, in fact, the Pittsburgh Penguins, only up by one point. However, they have played one more game than us. And we play them twice this week. Oh. Thursday and Saturday. I think both at home. Yeah, both games at home. And we got the Islanders again Tuesday night. So you're going to watch the draft and the Caps-Pens Thursday night. That's your Thursday night wow. point, boys. What do, wait, oh, that's Thursday? Yeah. Hmm. So I think the draft starts at what eight? Caps, yes. caps, pens. So we'll we'll pick it eleven. Yeah, exactly. And caps, pens will drop the puck at seven. So oh, we'll be able to watch the entire game. Pretty yeah, much. Gafford, good. Sorry, I got it. You guys are delay. Um, Son of a bitch. So aside from the Penguins, I know the Islanders. We've kind of gone back and forth with the Bruins are good too. I mean, is there a team? that you have circled? I mean, other than the obvious penguins, like there's a one that scares you. The Islanders. The Islanders. They swept yeah. us last year. Did they sweep Barry's us? Barry's got us. Barry's got, I mean, we've played them well. We just won two, 
two it's, of two. It's just a, it's a good series. Like yeah. you don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean that first game Eight last four, and then the next game is zero zero through three. I think it was the opposite. The first game was zero zero through three, and we win one nothing in a shootout. And then no, Saturday, it was like two weeks ago where we played the, the second game of the back to back. Oh yeah, they beat us eight to four, and then we played them, and then they went zero zero because I bet the over because of that eight to four, and then zero uh, zero through three, and one how. Substantial. And then, then they played again. It was what six four. Peter Laviolette yeah. versus Todd Reardon. How big of a difference is it? God, Night and day, right? We we were we were so wrong about him. Reardon. Oh, Reardon. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was like, I, I mean, we were right at the end of it. We were like, he's just not it. I mean, now he's an offensive coach with the Penguins. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a great assistant coach. Yeah, I mean, he's an offensive specialist. He's not a head coach. I mean, he's he's Jay Gruden. Okay, I can see that. North Turner. Yeah. yeah. Um, for the record, the Caps are seven and two against the Islanders. Sorry, five and two in seven games against the Islanders this year. Okay, that scares yeah. me. That means that we're not going to play them well in the postseason. <laughs> If we match up with them. And if the, it looks like we're. Oh, that's the East. I see. Okay. The only teams we have losing records against are the Bruins three and four in seven games and the Rangers two and four in six. Rangers make sense. Bruins. That's a surprise. We dominate the Bruins, but the Bruins are, they're really good. They're really good. Fucking Mark. So, Bobby, would we would we be the one, two, three, the sixth seed in the playoffs? The Caps? Yeah, because the Hurricanes, Panthers, Penguins, Lightning all have better records or have more po- more points. Excuse me. That is a good question. I actually don't know because they're doing it like it's not your normal divisions. It's like okay, Central, East, Northwest, and they all have weird sponsor names. Of course, all the Canadian teams are playing each other, right? Hold on. I don't know, actually. Yeah, it's weird. I, I have no idea. Because I can see. Like, give me like a projected. Oh, yeah, the playoff. north. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't see a, like a projected. Like, I'm on ESPN and I don't. And I'm, I was on NHL. Yeah. I don't see like a projected like playoff bracket. Okay. But we're still a couple I mean, I think they have I think I, I counted today they had 8 games left in the regular season. Their final game is May 11th versus the Bruins at home and then that's the it for the regular season. So playoffs would start what that second or third weekend in May probably. Yeah. I mean, also look at the total points scored. I mean, the Penguins have 67 to our 66. The Hurricanes have 68, Panthers 67, Lightning 66. So all of these are within basically a game's yeah. distance. It's close. And yeah. it's crazy how close it is because I'm now also looking over on the West Coast or in the Western Conference. The West Division already has three teams that have clinched playoff berths: the Knights, the Avalanche, and the Wild. And we don't have a, in the Eastern and I guess Central don't have a single uh, team that has clinched yet. They got two, three teams eliminated so far, but no one's clinched yet. Okay. Yeah. The Golden Knights have seventy points. That's crazy. Yeah, so I don't know. They're 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 playing so well. Um, 
I think yeah, they're the <laughs> we play in the Mass Mutual East Division, whatever the fuck that means. I have no idea. It's just their sponsor. Um, we got the Penguins twice this weekend. We got, I mean, it's just it seems like because of how close it is and the way the schedule works, where you're only playing teams like within like your division or so. Like every game is going to be pretty big for the Capitals. Hang down a stretch. They don't have that easy of a schedule. They've been destroying, obviously, the Sabres and the Devils, who are the worst teams. But from here on out, they only play the Islanders one more time, Penguins twice, Rangers twice, Flyers twice, and the Bruins. And those are all competing teams. Okay. Okay. All right. Speaking to competing teams, um, it took almost um november december it took almost four months but the wizards finally figured out how to play as a team as they have since won eight games in a row which is the longest winning streak in 20 years the last time this happened michael jordan was a member of the washington wizards um they've won nine out of their last 10 they're playing right now we're in the fourth quarter so we'll be a tiny bit distracted but as of now, our Washington Wizards have come from maybe the most disappointing team in the NBA to now being the 10th seed in the Eastern Conference, which normally is a moot point, but that has since changed with um, the play-in game. Are you guys aware of how the play-in game works? Is it a play-in? Is it a game or a series? That's the one I thing don't I don't know. So, as I understand, um, the four, there's four teams in the play-in tournament. Mm-hmm. Seven, eight, nine, and ten. Yeah, seven and eight play a game. The winner of that game is the seventh seed, and then obviously plays the two seed in their respective conference. Then the loser of that seven eight matchup plays the winner of nine and ten. And then feels like a round robin. No, I mean it makes no. sense. No, so basically, yeah. if the if the playoffs started today, the Heat and Hornets play for the seventh seed. Then the Wizards and the uh, Pacers play for the eighth seed. Gotcha. Uh, I'm sorry. And then, excuse me. So the Wizards and Pacers play. The winner of that game then plays the loser of the seven-eight seed. Who gets the eighth seed? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But it is just one game for each. That's my my question. Yeah. Yeah. That seems silly. It should be like a three. It should be like a best of three. That's what I was thinking too, but I mean, I guess because if the rest of the tournament is a series, it's a game seven. It's a, you come in, fucking play a game seven, yeah. and you you better come correct. Yeah, and then also because players already don't like a longer the schedule's too long by their own admission. So I think just this is a way to meet in the middle because I agree a best of three would make more sense. But so it was it was exciting to watch last year in the bubble, and um, it makes these teams that really aren't going to compete in the playoffs. I mean, these are going to be four really entertaining games. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm excited to watch the playing games. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah, that's, that's a good point. And I'm, I guess I'm, I should have compared it more to like the wild card game now in baseball. I mean, I, I yeah. guess that yeah. seems silly to, but like that makes more sense. So but, essentially the seven and eight seed, they need to win just one game to get into the thing. Oh the nine, yeah. 10 seed needs to win two. Yeah. Correct. And, but the only thing, the, the biggest complaint about it is like, let's say right now the seventh seed in the Eastern Conference is the Miami Heat. 
who were the Eastern Conference champs last season. And if they could theoretically lose both of these games and they're out. Yeah. Like, and there's a big difference between the 32 and 29 Miami Heat and the 27 and 33 Wizards. Yeah. Like, you would, I would not want to be that seventh seed if I were them. But you look, but they have the same record as the sixth seed. Yes, you're right. The Celtics. And only two games behind the five and four seed. So it's not like they're fighting for their lives right there. They're actually mm-hmm. fighting probably to get out of that spot. And, you know, Boston's yeah. fighting to stay out of it. I would want to get into that sixth seed for sure. Yeah. Absolutely. I think this will be interesting. I think it'll be. I like the play in aspect of it now mm-hmm. that I'm thinking about it more. The one and done, that's kind of a bummer. But I, I, I was going to. I thought it was like a best of three style tournament, but this kind of makes more sense. It's not really rewarding mediocrity. Like the 10, nine seed, you really have to fight to get in. Mm-hmm. If you're a better seven, eight seed, which you would typically have been in it. It's a little easier. All I have to do is win one game. Yeah. And I mean, for the seven and eight seed, you're just determining the seed, which I kind of like, Yeah, mm-hmm. but then, Nine and ten, you're not supposed to be in the fucking playoffs, anyways. So yeah, win one game and get in, and then win another one. Yeah, and then win another. But it's kind yeah. of but it's it, it's interesting that scared the crap out of me. So like right now, the eight seed in the East is Charlotte. So if they win that game against the Heat, they would then theoretically become the seven seed and mm-hmm. face the two seed. And then you know if the Heat went on the win the next game, they would be they would just flip flop and then. So then they're facing Brooklyn instead of Philadelphia in the first round. Yep. Which I don't know how much that matters. Both of those teams are really good. It's probably just matchup wise, but you probably would want to play the lower seed more than the number one overall seed. I would. But yeah, no, that should be interesting. I like that. I mean, look, they got to make, I mean, NBA playoffs usually picks up around like the conference semifinals for me. That's when I start kind of paying attention the first round matchups, like sometimes the, there's like a good four, five, maybe three, six matchup. Um, but usually not until like the Eastern or uh, the conference semis that like they start really getting good and like you see series go to like six and seven games. Except yeah. for last year in the bubble. The bubble was, was, a, was awesome. Because it took away all home court advantage. It took away everything. It was just straight basketball. And you could hear them talking too. It was yeah. yeah. This isn't a bubble, um, is it? Well, they're not going to do it. They're no, not doing a bubble this year. Right? They're playing so. at home courts. Yeah. And then another thing to think about also, when you mentioned the four seed, Bobby, you know, there's a fourth seed in the Eastern conference right now. That's the New York Knicks. Yeah. Goddamn. And frankly, if, if anyone can understand and appreciate lowly franchises, it's us. And, um, you know, I, I truly think the NBA is better, more relevant when the Knicks are good too. Yeah. So, anyways, getting moving on to the, the Wizards' longest winning streak in two decades now. How how was this happening? Uh, well, you know, you guys have a much more trained eye than I do, but from someone who offhandly watched the Wizards, oh, Russell Westbrook seems healthy and has come to play, mm-hmm. and he's making that trade look a lot better now. At least on our side, yes, he is. He is. Um, and we, we will eat crow if need be. Uh, I, I, not the first time I've had to do this on the show. Um, so to answer my own question, how, how is in fact is this is happening? 
quite simply, um, yes, Russell Westbrook has certainly elevated his game. It, it took him half a season to get there, but he's here now. Um, but more importantly, in my opinion, is they finally decided to play defense. Mm. And, you know, you can take a, a big credit to that is trading away your former first round pick, Troy Brown, for Daniel Gafford, um, a guy I really never heard of um, until he was traded here. It's um, second round pick out of Arkansas. Didn't really have much of a role in Chicago, especially when they acquired Nikola uh, Vucevic. But he has been a godsend since he came here. He's protecting the rim. He's energetic. He, he's, you know, that intimidating presence that you need from a big and, and something that we've been lacking uh, you know, substantially. And, you know, a lot had to do with Thomas Bryant tearing his ACL, but still um, he has been, a spark plug and really lit a fire and that this, this team to actually commit to playing defense. Yeah. I also think, and this is, <laughs> this is me just noticing cause I'm watching the game right now that their bench has played a lot better too. Over this eight game winning streak, they just flashed a, a score graphic on the, on the broadcast on NBC sports, Washington, that this bench, the bench has scored the most points and have like the third most like point. I don't, I forget the throw, but anyways, they have the best bench over this eight game stretch right now in the NBA. And that's obviously wow. helped a lot um, mm-hmm. in terms of giving Bradley Beal rest, Russell Westbrook rest. Sure. That, you know, that goes a long way because now, you know, we're watching a game right now where they're in the crunch time with mm-hmm. five minutes left in the fourth quarter of a five-point game. And what Russ and Brad are fresh and ready to go and finish the game. And that's what they're going to need, especially if they're going to make a push for the playoffs. For sure. And, you know, I – a part of me, even like I, I wrote this down, is this even worth it? Like yeah. I, I have said on record a number of times, I never ever want to be the eighth seed. I just don't see the point. Like, and now it's like, do we want to be the tenth seed? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> do we want to be the tenth seed? But like now at this point, like my thoughts are, I still thought it was short sighted. Like I, I would have just committed to developing young talent and prepare for the draft this summer because you have a loaded draft coming up and especially if you have a chance to get this Cade Cunningham kid try um but I mean we've won what is it eight straight like can't stop now yeah no continue and with if Alex Len's gonna be hitting corner threes yeah that was nice, <laughs> that was nice. I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna root for them hard look I, I think you have to look at the whole picture in my mind. Like, what was it, what, two, two months ago, maybe a little bit more, that we were like, what is the fucking point? They're so bad. Russell Westbrook was not worth it. He is terrible. He does not fit with this team. Him and Brad aren't working out. And look at now, he's fully healthy. Brad's still scoring 30. Russ is averaging a triple-double. Their bench is playing really well. They're playing defense, like we mentioned. Now, I think, f- to see where this team is coming from where how they started the season. I think that makes it more worth it to go make a playoff push. And I think at least for me as a, I mean, I'm a fan, but like, I don't watch every game like you guys do. Like if it's between the wizards and the caps, I'm more often going to watch the caps. Mm-hmm. But for me as a fan, like I, now I want them to make the playoffs or at least this play in tournament and give a shot. I mean, because once you get to playoff time, I mean, I know Russell Westbrook has a tough history in the playoffs, but the way Bradley's scoring, the way Russ is still going. I would take our chances against any of those other three teams in that little play-in tournament. Mm-hmm. And, and a one-and-done, why not? 
Mm-hmm. And, you know, I yeah, sure, we'll probably get swept by the Nets in the first round. But actually, we've played the Nets pretty well this year. They weren't entirely healthy, but didn't we beat if them the a couple Nets are times? Healthy, yeah. We may win one game. Maybe. It's all those. We've played the Nets pretty well so far. The what? We've played well against them. We have. I think we beat them a couple times, actually, but yeah. we did. So, I don't know. For me, I think it is worth it considering where this team has co- is coming from and sure. how they started the season and how they've kind of banded together and, and built yeah. and, and made adjustments, made in-season you know, adjustments. It's, it's one, there's, there's like two sides to this because, you know, by not embracing a, a tank strategy, um, it puts then Scott Brooks' ability to retain, to be retained as head coach possible, which I don't think he should be whatsoever. Even if we win the, every game the rest of the season, I think he losing 33 games in the Eastern Conference with this roster was inexcusable um, th- so far. But um, at the same time, like if we can show the potential as we've shown the past two weeks, essentially, I mean, this makes us a destination target for potential free agents. And clearly, if we're not going to be in uh, position to, you know, draft a top five guy, then, you know, then you got to hit, you got to hit really hard on free agency. And we really haven't done that in, you know, a long time. Yeah. It was our last big free agent landing. Gilbert Arenas? Or does Paul Pierce count? That was just like a one-year deal. Like he was obviously at the, at the end of his career. But I'd, I'd have to say it was Gilbert. He flipped a coin <clears throat> 10 times to see who he should go with. It was the Warriors or the Wizards, and it landed on the Warriors' coin seven times, and he still yeah. He said, no, I'm not listening to that. <laughs> <laughs> I do that, too, when I'm trying to pick between food. I'll flip, flip a coin. I'm like, no, mm-hmm. fuck you. Don't tell me what to do. <laughs> well, you know, the whole thing is that when you flip the coin, what you really want, you know when it's in the middle of Correct. the Correct, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, absolutely. Well, I'm I'm excited. You know, at, at this point, this season was so frustrating, unbelievably frustrating to watch, and it took a long time. But you know, at, at this point, it's they're a lot of fun. So, I guess that's what I'm gonna do. Yeah, and I mean, <laughs> if they don't make it, we're gonna be sitting here talking to me like, well, why the fuck did we just do that? But yeah, I mean, this yep. this eight game winning streak has has been fun. Mm-hmm. And it's not Absolutely. like they they beat some good teams during the streak too, right? They did. <laughs> it was all West Coast too. They beat the Jazz. They beat the Jazz. Then they beat. Uh, we beat the Jazz a couple times. Mm-hmm. Like even when we played shitty, or yeah. when we were playing shitty, we still beat the Jazz. We yeah. are two and zero against the Jazz in two we, games. We do play the we play the Lakers in a couple nights on ESPN. That got flexed to the ESPN game. Mm-hmm. That's not going to go well <laughs> against LeBron. Wait, is LeBron playing? Yet or no? I don't, I don't but oh he, my god, if he he would come back against us just just to drop forty. <laughs> I hate him so much. So goddamn much. <laughs> Crab dribble all over us, all over the place. Um, okay, looking forward to it. Um, all right, yes, it's Tom's Tom's time to shine. It is draft season. As anyone that has listened to our program over the years, Bobby, did you watch Firefly the other night? Firefly. This is why I need Greg. <laughs> the fire oh, yeah. flies. All right, my Uber's here. 
Um, For those who are wondering, I know there's plenty of you out there. Porter will not be joining us tonight. He's going to eat ice cream and fall asleep. Nobody cares. (laughs) Back to you, Tom. (laughs) All right. Draft season is here. An exciting draft, as as usual. Um, We do not have the second overall pick, though, in comparison to last season. Um, So generally speaking, like, what is the the, the talk amongst this year's draft? And, you know, normally it's always revolved around the quarterback. Um, I would say, obviously, with the first two picks, we know what's going to happen with Trevor Lawrence going to Jacksonville and um, is it uh, Zach Wilson going to the Jets, especially since they traded uh, Sam Darnold. Um, Really, that's when the draft starts at pick number three, um, because we don't know what the 49ers are going to do because they just traded up to obviously draft a quarterback. Um, You know, some people think, think it's Justin Fields. Uh, then there was a report out today, I think Schefter reported, um, that it's basically between Mac Jones and Trey Lance, which the, the NFL is so weird when you think about this, is Mac Jones could potentially be drafted ahead of the guys that he backed up. Tua Tagovailoa went five, and Jalen Hurts went in the second round. Yeah. Both of which were considered unequivocally, undoubtedly better prospects than him. Yes. And then he has an unbelievable season um, taking Alabama to the national title. I was going to say. very the third overall pick. He did have probably the best, statistic-wise, yeah. straight season than either of those two guys. He had, and he, but he had even better talent. Yeah, that's year. true. Like, I mean, he had insane talent. But, I mean, I mean, he, he went, what, went, what, yeah. 14-0 and won a national championship. Tua never did that. He came in off the bench in that championship that he won. And Hurst never, Hurst got benched. Yeah. And then I mean, all three, I hear you. It's be, just, it's just all weird. three are going to be starting next season. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's, that's so Alabama. But uh, th- we have yet to see an Alabama quarterback actually prove himself. Yeah, because so. A.J. McCarron didn't do it. Rony Croyle didn't do it. Um, we'll see. I'd like to see what, um, with two under a full season, healthy and, um, I think the Dolphins are going to bring in a lot of weapons. Will Fuller was signed. They might get the best receiver off the board, um, picking where they are, which would make sense. But, you know, the, you know, of course, most drafts are really um, dependent on what's going to happen with the quarterbacks. And we have close to, what, five potential first-round quarterbacks in Lawrence, Wilson, Fields, Mac Jones, Trey Lance. I mean, that's five right there. Yeah, and then what about the – uh, A&M kid. Kellen Mond. Um, but he's he's projected to go, you know, mid-rounds, I think. But um, He'd be the next yeah. on that list, right? Yeah. yeah. What's that? He would be the next on that list, right? I, I would. I, maybe. Yeah. Um, but anyways, it's quarterback-driven. Um, also one of the deepest wide receiver classes uh, that they've ever scouted per Todd, Todd, per Todd McShay. Um in addition to that, there's it's really quiet on the defensive line front. Um, there's maybe one or two potential defensive tackles that would get taken in the first round. Edge rushers, um, it's absolutely no comparison to last year's class or the year before. Um, Good thing we also really linebacker heavy. So, um, which is really to our benefit because two of our biggest weaknesses with Washington are at wide receiver potentially and linebacker. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and I, I know like every year we we discuss potential options and players and scenarios. And really there's really two 
sides to this. It's best player available and, um, you know, drafting for need. Ideally, it's it's both, but that doesn't happen too often. Um, so I was thinking about last year because we, we discussed the Chase Young pick, the number two pick last year. And, and going into this season, defensive end edge rusher was not a need. We drafted Montez Sweat in the first round the year before. Mm-hmm. Um, we still had another year of Ryan Anderson. We had Ryan Kerrigan here, who's been a more than qualified starter over his, throughout his career. We didn't necessarily need Chase Young, but he was a considered to be a generational type prospect. You take him, and then our defense takes a leap. And I don't think there's a single person in that facility, even despite Justin Herbert turning out to be what he is, that regrets taking him. No, I, I for and, sure don't. And that's best player available. Um, you know, at the same time, the the argument was that that's edge rusher isn't our need. Like we needed a tight end, a receiver, a quarterback. I mean, the list just went on and on. And um, still, they uh, Kyle Smith stuck to his board and took um, you know our already a team captain and considered to be a force for years to come. Goddamn right, he's ours. <laughs> Do you guys have a, a, a preference, for, you know, best player available versus need? And... It's about it's about who's sitting there, honestly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would I would take a left tackle. Oh my fucking god, piece of shit! Uh, I would take a left tackle if he's there. I would take if Mika falls to nineteen. I want Mika. Mm-hmm. Other than that, I say best best player available. Mika who's... Parsons. Parsons. Micah, right? Oh, yeah. Micah, Micah. Sorry, keep on. I know what you meant. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I, I like our position, honestly. Like I, it's, it's a di- like you said, it's a completely different conversation last year because when you're the number two overall seed, you have the benefit of taking, you know, a top talent. I, and we talked about this at length before last year's draft, and I was very adamant, like you take the best player who is there, regardless of position, and we did, and it worked out. I think when you're at 19 and you're coming off winning a division that you weren't supposed to win, you're kind of playing with house money and that you can, I mean, I I think the only thing I don't want them to do. And I think I, I I think I say this every year. I have a, I have a, just don't do this and I'll be happy plan for the Washington football team. And that, that this year is go out of your way to trade up into the top 10 to get one of these quarterbacks. I honestly don't want them to do that. Okay. Okay. I do not want yes, to do that. Yes. Yes. That I agree with. Yeah. If one happens to slip and fall outside the top 10, maybe closer to 15. Okay. I can kind of get behind that. I don't want them trading any, I don't want them trading up any further than like 15, definitely not 12. Yeah. Well, we also don't have the capital to do so. Like the dolphins have yeah. all of their chips right now. They're the chip leaders. Yeah. They can mortgage picks to, you know, get up into the draft if they need to. And we we don't have the draft picks necessary, and nor do I think we're going to be willing to trade away, you know, some of our young players in order to do so. So I kind of like the idea of, well, one, so at 19, I think you're more often, like, I think you are more likely to draft for need, like, in the top 10. At 19, I feel like you're more going to just draft whoever's best available. Sure. Go by board. And that also fits kind of with your need. I think there's a little more flexible. Like, you know, if there's a better 
middle linebacker available than a tackle, you take the middle linebacker, you know, because like <laughs> the Oregon guy is not going to be there. Like the best tackle might be the guy that you talked about earlier before we got on air, Tom, and maybe the Virginia Tech dude. But there if, some. if Parsons is there, you take him every single time. If, if Micah Parsons falls to 19, I am sprinting up to the podium. Yes, please. And who's, uh, the, who's I'll other, have that. Who's the other big name linebacker in this class? Um, probably the other, there's a couple, there's, um, linebacker, Jeremiah was, um, Cormo from Notre Dame. That guy, if like either of them are there, you take them. Yeah. Um, there's also Jamin Davis from Kentucky who like they describe them. If you look up linebacker in the dictionary, it, it's him. Like, so yeah. It, and you know, to our benefit, I mean, think about two of our best players and our interior D lineman and Deron Payne and Jonathan Allen, those guys slipped to us because quarterbacks went, that went at a premium and yeah. then take all point. the quarterbacks. That's a great. Point. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. I want Mac Jones to go in the top 10. Yes. That, that benefits us completely. Very, very much so. And, and especially, you know, if one of these dynamic players falls to us at 19, even if it's not a, a need, you just, I mean, we can't emphasize this enough. You cannot be successful in this league without hitting on your first round picks. Josh you know, I know you're on a delay for the Wiz. Are you watching? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, am I a little ahead of you, t- Ian? Yes. Where are you yeah. at? Right, where are you at right now? End of regulation. Oh, okay, that's where I'm at too. Tom saw the look on my face. <laughs> yeah, I saw the look. He almost made but, it. My buddy already texted me that uh, it was going to overtime. Okay. Yo, but I didn't see how close it was. It was. It was. It was pretty close. Man. <laughs> And he's, he's fucking killing it right now. Yeah. Yes, he is. This is as we're watching the Wizards Spurs. Uh, DeMar DeRozan just missed a shot at the buzzer to win the Sorry, game I, halfway in. I invested some money into this. Just a we're, little bit. We're investment. You hit the over. Yeah, it, was a, it was an investment. You hit the over easy. Yeah, but that's a part of my parlay. Yeah. I didn't do that straight up. Now, so now, I, need, now I need money line. Now you need the, the W. So... Yeah. Bobby, you mentioned your ideal scenario. I'm sorry, your doomsday scenario, and that's trading up. Yeah, I don't want um, to do that. So, and because what's interesting after, um, after I mean, Trevor Lawrence is a Kent Miss prospect. I mean, they're saying he's probably the best prospect to come out since Andrew Luck. Um, and that's been he was drafted nine years ago, which is crazy. Um, <clears throat> and then uh, Zach Wilson seems to be the absolute real deal. Um, from BYU as he's going to go to the Jets. Um, and then really after that, the rest are all, you know, poked and prodded with, we, we mentioned what Mac Jones, Trey Lance's stories is really unlike anything we've seen where he had a dynamic 2019 played one game this year and then essentially opted out. Um, and he was also playing at the FCS level at North Dakota state. So, I mean, he wasn't playing, you know, top tier talent, then sits out the rest of this year and is just doing the ultimate gamble on himself because he, you know, featured, has all the attributes that you see physically. Yeah. Uh, But I mean, does not have the experience on the field and especially at the FCS level. I mean, that is a hard transition to make, even though we've seen that with uh, Joe Flacco and Carson Wentz. It's true, but I mean, I think his, circ- his circumstances are just so much more different. Like you said, he only played one game this year, essentially opting out. He has he's played one football game competitively <laughs> in the last what eighteen months, basically, because mm-hmm. 
I mean, that's insane. That's and now yeah. we're talking about him being a top 10 draft pick and a franchise quarterback Yeah, at the FCS and, level. So there's just so many levels to this, uh, how this is a situation that we've never seen before of a top-rated quarterback entering the draft. And, and then one of the most productive players, quarterbacks in Ohio State history, Justin Fields, two-year starter, take, 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 uh, put them in the final four each time. And just his stock is just falling, 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 falling. Uh, Bears at the door one second. That's okay. I'm watching the Wizards. Hey, bud. Yeah, me too. Uh, I want to get um, – so did you – I don't know. You probably missed it because you were either sleeping or working. I want to know if Tom heard this. Tom, what did you hear Grant and Danny talking about why Justin Fields' st- stock was falling? I would love no, I did not. I'd love to know why because I don't understand it. Because they got uh, it's him, Wilson, and Trey Lance's Chipotle orders, <laughs> and Justin <laughs> Fields is a vegan, <laughs> so he doesn't not get meat on his Chipotle bowl, and that's why his stock is because they're like, I can't trust a guy who doesn't get meat at Chipotle. <laughs> okay, fair enough. And they like had this whole bit where like in his Zoom like interviews with teams, like all right. Hey, Justin, just for the kick of it, what the hell? Like, what do you get on? When you go to Chipotle, what do you get? And he goes, oh, lettuce, uh, the peppers and onions, tomatoes, and um, uh, uh, the shredded lettuce on top. Okay. And then, okay. Uh huh. And they just like write, do not draft. <laughs> <laughs> Can't trust the vegan. He, he had two amazingly productive um, seasons in Columbus. Uh, they took them and he was a national championship contention both seasons. He's built like a linebacker. I think he ran like a four five or, or something ridiculous. Like I, I, I know he had a bad game against Northwestern. Yeah. But like, who has okay, not had a watch, bad game in their career? Like watch his game against Clemson. Like yes, Yeah. Yeah. Like I, the, uh, the no. Justin Fields slander and like, it just will never make sense to me. I don't get it. I guess and, Dwayne Haskins didn't help him, but it just – this isn't an Urban Meyer. Urban Meyer did not create any NFL quarterbacks. Like mm-hmm. Alex Smith, but he was just the bona fide game manager. Game mm-hmm. manager. Not a number one overall. Should not have been number one. Nope. Justin Fields is what, Ryan Day? Is that the coach, Ryan Day? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, and he does a pro-style offense. Like, it's completely different. He was a two-year starter. He's not a one-year wonder. People saying he's just uh, one read quarterback couldn't be more incorrect. He had that pride. He has he's has the best of all of them in reads two through four, and with the best completion percentage. It makes no sense. Yep. And then it's not like a physical um, discrepancy because he's six four two twenty. Like all the physical tools are there. Toughness is there. Leadership is there. Veganism is there. And like they 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 questioned his um, like humility and dedication to the game, and okay, you know it, it, I will say I know we mentioned Michael Parsons if he's there at nineteen if Justin like we don't need a quarterback but if Justin Fields is there at nineteen, you fucking take him, take him. Oh yeah, yeah you got to. He's not going to be there. I mean there, but it, but Ian, you you mentioned all of those anecdotes and correct anecdotes for that matter why like there's got to be something more to this like how he was white i'm telling you if he was white this wouldn't be an issue if he was white people come up it 
in the offseason before the draft, white people go up and black quarterbacks go down. And it makes no fucking sense. All of a sudden, they can't make a uh, they can't make reads. They they don't study the playbook. I I can't stand it. I, I but, don't. Hey, you know what? If he falls, I hope he goes to the fucking Patriots. I hope they trade up, and I hope <laughs> it just makes everybody feel like a fucking idiot. Yeah. I actually now I I hope he goes to the Patriots because I know they honestly. They... If because if because I think they said what if he goes if he keeps on falling, Patriots want to trade up for him. Bill Belichick will do wonders with that kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then us like not never forget Mitch Trubisky was drafted over Deshaun Watson. Yes. And Patrick Mahomes. And Patrick. Oh my God. And Patrick. Yeah. <laughs> white quarterbacks go up for no reason. For no fucking reason. Well, they're white. They're Blaine Gabberts of the world <laughs> who just all of a sudden just fucking just skyrocket when they haven't played it down. <laughs> like all of a sudden. After they stop their collegiate career, they just keep on getting better for yeah. some reason. <laughs> so th- this was interesting. They were talking, Grant and Danny were talking about Micah Parsons on, on air today, and his stock is slipping too. And I know he opted out of the 2020 season. And if that's a reason to for stock to slip, I get that. I, I yeah. It was reported there's a handful of teams out there that are just, if a guy opted out, they're just not as interested. Like, uh, not a year on tape. I mean, that is a big gamble to to make on a first round pick for sure. But the reason Micah Parsons is slipping um, is not due to that, as I understand. It's off the field concerns um, in which a lawsuit was against him by a former teammate. Um, his teammate accused him of hazing him and um, he punched him. Him and this teammate got in a fight. He punched his teammate and the teammate took out a knife to defend himself yet Micah Parsons is the one that has his draft stock slipping. Como say, huh? <laughs> he had a knife pulled on him and yet Micah Parsons is the one that is having his draft stock slip. Huh. Did he initiate the fight? I, it appears so that he squirted a water bottle at him while he was asleep. And Oh, you poor baby. Oh, Brad. it's a, it's a really weird, a water story. bottle. Qualifies for a knife to be drawn? Jesus Christ. Or for you to then sue them because you got a water bottle? <laughs> I, I, I think they said he, he squirted him with a water bottle. The guy got pissed, threw a full Gatorade bottle at him. That led to a fight. Micah, punched, Micah Parsons it. punched him. And defense, the guy pulled out a knife. Um, got it. Either way, um, like B. Mitch was on, like B. Mitch was talking. He thought it was hysterical. He's like, oh, like. <laughs> If I, my draft stock slipped because of how many fights I got in the locker room, oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's just a fact. Yeah. <laughs> do you have fucking foul, fucking bitch? So, um, Ian, do you have an ideal or doomsday type of scenario? Yes, us trading up. That's what I don't want to happen. Mm-hmm. Us trading up to the top five. Oh, good God! Would you trade up? Oh, wash your mouth. I would trade up minimal draft spots to pick up fields. Mm-hmm. I'll go up to 15. I love fields. But well, I mean, let's I'm see. Not um, all right. So we'll give it to like 10 doesn't need a quarterback. The Cowboys don't need one. The Giants don't need one. Eagles mm-hmm. theoretically don't need one. Chargers definitely don't need one. Vikings don't need one. The Patriots are at 15. So it, that that's the key right there. Because after For that, sure. it's Cardinals, 
Raiders. I don't think the Raiders would take him. You know they're gonna get. You know they're gonna draft a, a speedy wide receiver. Mm-hmm. And then the Dolphins. They're not. They don't need. It. So it's the Patriots. If if Fields falls out of the top nine, then it's gonna be the Patriots or that's gonna be the team that scoops them up because no one no one else really needs a quarterback. God, I almost want Fields to go to the Patriots instead, just to prove people wrong. And just say fuck you to everybody. I hate That's Ohio right. State. I hate Ohio State players. So do for, I. Except for Terry. And Chase. And Chase. <laughs> but he does not deserve this stock to be falling this this much. Not and we we kind of referenced this too a while ago. How much does Dwayne Haskins play into this? Like there are two completely different amount. Play- I think it's, it's got to play a part. It's got to be a little bit. Yeah. Like people have to be looking at him as like, well, he came out very highly touted. He fell to fifteen, and then he was an absolute bust. So I mean, that doesn't help, but that's no fault of Fields, right? I mean, he still put on great performances, and he looks every bit. I mean. You take their college tapes, I'll take Fields every single time over Haskins' college tape. Yes. And then Trey the Lance didn't play last season in the FCS. Correct. FCF. And you're gonna take him over a guy who took some took them to the fucking national championship and outplayed Trevor Lawrence, the boy wonder who's going number one. Yeah. Justin Fields had the hardest defensive schedule out of all of the top mm-hmm. prospects. Yeah, that's true. And he played the best. Yeah. Um, what are your thoughts? You put you put those numbers on Mac Jones, he's going number one. Or yeah. number two. He's going over Zach Wilson, that's for sure. Apparently Kyle Shanahan loves loves him some Mac Jones. That surprises the hell out of me. I would have thought Justin Fields would be prototype for mm-hmm. for Kyle Shanahan. Watch I don't him. know. They, they, his Mac Jones's comps are just the whitest quarterbacks ever: Matt Ryan and Kirk Cousins. <laughs> Correct. So, both of which Kyle did wonders with. So, no, look, actually, no, that was under Jay that Kirk did well, but still, Kyle was a Kirk guy. Kirk guy. Um, what are your thoughts now? Then, so how about what's the opposite? How about the opposite? What about trading back? Love it. I would not be upset if they did that. So, like, it's the complete opposite of what happened last year because I was like, you have the number two overall pick in the draft. How often does that happen? You do not trade back. Mm-hmm. 19, and how many second rounders do we have? One. I mean, go get one or two more. Except I'm going to add to DC sports rules that second round picks never hit here. But, that, yes. That's true. First round, 19th overall. Second round, 51st overall. A third rounder yep. as part of the Trent Williams trade, 74th overall from the Niners. Uh, we did not have a third rounder, but that that's actually seven spots higher than what our third rounder would have been. So that's kind of cool. Fourth, fifth, and then two sevenths. Yep. Yep. I'm, so I, If no one's I, there that you like, why not trade back and just get a handful more picks? Yeah, I would say ideally... That's that's the ideal scenario. We we trade back, we accrue more picks later on, and then you can still take you know the best available offensive lineman or even free safety. Like the top free safety in this year's class is Trevon Morig from TCU, um, who's projected yeah. to go first. Um, he's the best free safety prospect out there, and I mean that is certainly a position of need too. Um, you know, I'm, I'm interested to see what's going to happen at linebacker because John Kime did report on his podcast a couple of days ago that 
um, you know, Jack Del Rio and, and company are in communication with Landon Collins about transitioning him to linebacker, which, um, you know, I just, had, you know, I just had the exact same facial reaction. <laughs> like, okay. The Robert De Niro, if you know what I mean. <laughs> It does because uh, Cameron Curl is better than him at that position. And this also has been better for Landon's career because he is a box safety. He is not good in coverage or, you know, playing a big free safety center field type role. Um, he would be, it'd be to his benefit to be closer to the line of scrimmage. It would behoove him. Behoove him. The best game he had this past season was when he was in that role, I think against the Cowboys at home. That's yeah, they, strips, they um the strip fumble on PFF where, um, when Jack Del Rio was in charge of the Broncos defense, and he moved T.J. Ward, who was also a, a strong safety box type safety, to linebacker to the position that Landon Collins would potentially be playing, and T.J. Ward had a breakout season and got a lot of money because of it. Um, I mean that's ideal. Um, so especially in that case, then you you move, trade back, get the best off you know available offensive lineman and safety, something like that, receiver, whatever it may be, and you know because we still got to get a tight end, another tight backup end running too. back, yeah, another corner. Um, if we in fact do not re-sign Ryan Kerrigan, we definitely need another edge rusher potentially. So um, there is. There's also a, a fair amount. There's a big drop off after the um, ju- after Justin Fields, pretty much where uh, there the other quarterbacks, um, Davis Mills from Stanford, Kellen Mond, Kyle Trask from Florida. I mean, all those guys are protected second, third, fourth round picks. So, um, you know, and when they in addition to that, when you it's as I understand, it takes three years to officially evaluate an NFL draft. So I decided to look back on Washington's 2018 draft. We got, we had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, eight picks, 2018. First round was Deron Payne. That was a hit. Boom. Second round, okay. Darius Geis. Oh boy. All right, let's, let's, let's go to the next one. Yeah. <laughs> we don't, we don't, we don't uh, count second rounders. You just said we don't count second rounders. <laughs> You're right. Um, Third round, John Christian, tackle from Louisville. That has not worked out so far. He had an opportunity to take that starting left tackle um, gig and couldn't do it. Um, fourth round, I know he can run, run, but he can't cover, cover. That's Troy Apke, Penn State. Troy, Troy. Um, fifth round, this was really, really good value. Was that um, defensive tackle, Tim Settle? Hell yeah. Yes. Yes. And he, I, in my opinion, he would be starting. Where the fuck the foul? Sorry. Yeah, no, you're right, Ian. Um, Tim Settle would probably be starting for a lot of teams out there. Yeah. Um, sixth round, Sean Dion Hamilton, linebacker from Alabama, no longer on the team. He was released after this season. Seventh round, Greg Stroman, Virginia Tech cornerback. He's still in the roster. Um, I know he was. He might have opted out last year. Um, we'll see if he has any kind of role. And then our last pick was Mr. Irrelevant, Trey Quinn. So hey. essentially, we hit on two picks out of eight. Deron Payne and Tim Settle. One first-round pick, one fifth-round pick. Um, one, two, three of those picks are no longer on the team. And Geis, um, Deion Hamilton, and Trey Quinn. And the other guys are still 
developmental projects. And um, frankly, I would be surprised if both, um, if all three, Apke, Jaron Christian, and, and Greg Stroman even make this team uh, going into 2021. Yeah. So you're saying we need to hit a little better early on. That'd help. And have more of those picks early on. Yes, that would also help. That would be a thing. I would appreciate that. Um, yeah, it, it's... I'm more curious. Second I mean, we, what's that? We hit those. More second rounds, please. It's oh, our bread okay. and butter. Especially when we took three in one year and none of them turned out. Or Fred Davis kind of did. But... He was the closest, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, so, kind of to put a cap on this draft talk, Thanks for having me, guys. Um, <laughs> hold on, there's five. Wait, I'm not going to. First time, long this. T- first time, long time. I are we putting a draft? Th- was this generic draft talk, or are we putting a cap on Washington draft talk? Yeah, I was going to go to um, Washington to do my, Pacific now. Yeah, my my mock Washington draft. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so. There are three mock draft simulator websites now. You have FanSpeak, the Draft Network, and PFFs. Mm. Um, Also has a mock draft simulator. I like um, the Draft Network the most because they provide like a little bio about the player and where they project him to be going into the NFL. So for the sake of this exercise, I did not do any trades or anything like that. But this was my, um, my, the results of my mock. I thought you were doing the jingle, Bob. My bad. Oh, uh, no, I didn't. I'm switching over to the <laughs> Orioles game because the Wizards lost. Yeah. Okay. Um, so with the first pick, um, guess who fell to our laps at pick 19? Justin Fields. The- no, the, the Heisman Trophy winner, Devontae Smith, wide receiver out of Alabama. What? <laughs> he's, he's falling, strong. too. He's falling a lot. Is he really? Yeah. He's, if he's so skinny. That is, that is my ideal. That is, give me him right now. That is who I want immediately. Yeah, I, I know we just, we have Terry McLaurin. I know we just paid Curtis Samuel a lot of money. Um, I, I, I know they like Cam Sims. Um, they get Kelvin Harmon back. They drafted Antonio Gandy-Golden last year. I don't care. Like he, he's no. too good. Yeah, he, he's he, he's too good. Um, he had the most dominant offensive season I've ever seen from a wide receiver ever. I mean, yeah, he won the Heisman as a re- as a wide receiver. He, he's remarkable. And like I, I was talking to one of the Hogshaven guys on Twitter, they said, "What would you? Who would you rather have, Micah Parsons or Devontae Smith?" And I, I know a much bigger need is linebacker, and Michael Parsons is going to be a pro bowler for sure, or most likely. But Devontae Smith is just he, – he's too dynamic. If Devontae Smith falls to 19 and we take him, you can – Ian, place your bet now. You can book Fitz Magic for over 35 touchdowns. <laughs> That's a fact. He'll That's throw a fact. Thir- He'll throw 25 picks, but he'll also throw 35 that touchdowns. That doesn't matter for Devontae. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Tom, why was that your first one? That made me so excited. <laughs> so who would you – if theoretically in that in that scenario, if you have Devontae Smith, Curtis Samuel, and Terry McLaurin, where do you put them? Like who plays in the slot? Terry? 
Say it again. Who plays who plays in the slot out of those three? Would it be Terry? Uh, with Curtis? Wouldn't, yeah. Yeah, wouldn't Curtis, I'm Curtis in the slot? Yeah. He played Curtis Samuel played outside last season. But I, I think he plays the, the slot better than Terry, wouldn't he? I, I say I mean, Terry would excel anywhere, but yeah. Either way, it'll be a miss. I mean, yeah, shit, I, I would put put fucking any all three of them can play the slot. Yeah, you throw Devonte in there. Yeah. So what if, if safety or outside linebacker is going to cover them? Nobody. And then Humphreys just comes in every once in a while. He'll be their study buddy. Study buddy. <laughs> Real student of the game. <laughs> yep. Um, so, Ian, I, I, I mentioned that Michael Parsons, Devontae Smith scenario. Would you still stick with Parsons? If they were both sitting at 19? Mm-hmm. I'm going Parsons. Damn. I, I want the number one defense in the league. I want to dominate. Yeah. No, I can get behind that for sure. Hey, that is a great problem to have in my mind. If we were picking between the Heisman Trophy winner and the best middle linebacker in this class, yeah, I mean he's considered that's a the good best thing. defensive prospect to in this whole class. So. At nineteen, too, it's not like a top ten pick. At nineteen, that's a good I mean, thing. We, so we, we really are. Player. We really are a dynamic. He didn't play for Penn State right. this year. He didn't play for Penn State. That's one. <laughs> it affected his draft. Okay, two, and then now we got other shit. If he falls at nineteen, let's go. Put him on our team. <laughs> I, I I agree. I feel like he's probably the safe, like, like uh, in the immediacy, it would be Micah Parsons, absolutely. But I just feel like Devontae Smith is just – I've never seen a receiver dominate like that. So and, and and I don't even care about it. Like, you can – okay, you, he's skinny. Okay, well, then put him on a professional weight training program and he can bulk up a little bit. But, I mean, he has the best footwork. His hands are amazing. Like – He's got a great head on his shoulders. Like, I mean, did you hear his quote when like uh, the teams were asking him about that? They said, "No." Uh, or analysts were asking about it. He's like, "What are you looking for? Are you looking for a bodybuilder? Are you looking for an NFL football player?" He's like, "I'm a football player." I was like, "Yeah." He's right. That boy's a fucking football player. Yeah, and a damn good one. Yeah, just Absolutely. just if you didn't watch him all season, just put on the national championship game and just tell me that that kid can't play football. Yeah, I've never, level. I've never seen anything like that. Yeah, like, you, that was impressive. I mean, he had a better first half than most receivers have in like four games. It's like it was unreal, and it was in the national championship. That's 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 like and he got hurt. Level. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's next level elite when. I always feel like the the great ones are are a different level when you know what they're gonna you're they're gonna do and you still can't stop it. Yeah, yeah. He also got hurt. He was on pace to do even more damage, and then he basically mm-hmm. didn't play the second half. Yeah, he, he played some in the third quarter. Third. He didn't play the yeah. fourth quarter pretty much. Yeah, mm-hmm. which is insane. He would have scored six touchdowns. Yeah. Oh um, man. Okay, the second round pick, fifty first overall. I picked Zach Wilson's blindside left tackle out of BYU, Brady Christensen, who had the highest um, PFF rating among all offensive linemen in the entire NCAA. I think his name is Mormonson. Yeah. He's not going to drink and and fornicate. So put him on our team. Yeah. Yeah. Focus on football. Yeah. Especially a second rounder. Yeah. It's a little different than guys. 
he's he's not going to rent out a hotel for strippers post game after a loss like our previous quarterback did mm-hmm. during okay. a pan- during a pandemic. Mm-hmm. See, and I like the idea of drafting an offensive lineman here in the second round, and the reason why is because Cornelius Lucas did a hell of a job last season, and we don't necessarily absolutely unequivocally need a starting left tackle because we have one that can be a placeholder for the time being. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what the scenario would be where, you know, okay, you take Brady Christensen with the second in the second round where, I mean, ideally he turns into starter right away, but if he's not ready just now, that's fine. Like they have someone that can fill that void for the season and, um, you know, let him redshirt essentially for, for one year. And, and then in addition to that, if it doesn't work out, it's not the end of the world. Like we, we miss out on every second round pick for the most part besides Preston Smith. And, um, you know, it, it's, it didn't cost us much or anything like that. It, it essentially becomes a crapshoot afterwards. So um, that's what I got for the second. Draft is, wait for, draft is four that? days. I said draft is still four days away, and we're already punting our second-round pick. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I like that. And, um, Go ahead. I will say while we're writing for Ian Bobby, one of my biggest gripes is, you know, we're on Twitter. You and I are on Twitter like all day mm-hmm. discussing the sport mm-hmm. and the um, NFL insiders that decide to break the news of the pick before the pick is actually announced. Oh, Hard so sport. noxious. I hate that. I think they stopped that last year. They did. Yeah. Cause like, I, 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 so. off I stopped going on Twitter during the, during the, the draft because of that. It was obnoxious. It's very obnoxious. I think that was more a basketball thing that bled over into like the NFL draft because I think Woj used to do it all the time, and they were like, "Dude, you mm-hmm. have to stop because no one's gonna watch." Woj, we know you're, great. you're yeah. the greatest. You're yeah. the greatest in NBA. You don't need to stop ruining the draft. You're taking the the whole point is to be excited and hear the pick, and you're taking that out. It's like, <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I I think they stopped that last year. So hopefully, mm-hmm. also. The drafts in Cleveland this year, like, who wants to go to Cleveland for the draft? Not me and you, but not LeBron. Yeah. Um. All right. So, with the third round, we have two third round picks. With the seventy fourth overall, there's where I make my move. I get that quarterback from Texas A and M, Kellen Mond, most productive quarterback in school history. Um, it really looks like his comp is Colin Kaepernick, actually. He's a bit tall and lanky, has a absolute cannon of an arm, a little bit of a slow delivery, but cannon. you know, a guy with high, high upside and is a um, you know multifaceted athlete because he can be used in the run game too. And as we have said a number of times, um, a Scott Turner coached offense needs a quarterback with athleticism and escapability and, and mobility. So, that's where we get with Kellen Mann again, where we're not overspending to pick someone like this. And um, if we don't hit on him, it's not the end of the world. And if you do, then you have a, a golden ticket essentially. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we say this every year, take a quarterback mm-hmm. at some point. Mm-hmm. And like we said earlier, I think this guy Mond is, you know, the next guy up after the top five we just talked about who are probably going to go in the first round. Yep. I mean, if he's there in the third round, like you just said, I mean, why not? It's you're, you're going to get a quarterback who could potentially 
you know, be an important piece moving forward for a third round price. Yeah. What are you guys' thoughts on Kellen Mond? And I know no, I know almost nothing about him actually. Mm-hmm. I, no, I like the pick. Yeah, especially yeah. With, especially with Fitzy sitting there for the year. Like that's that's your job. Mm-hmm. There's not going to be uproar of starting Kellen Mond. Yeah. In fucking year one. Yeah. Let let him let him learn. Especially Fitz is a great locker room guy. Sure. So then with, with Kellen Mond, for example, that gives us a quarterback room of essentially four of Mond and Fitz with um, Kyle Allen and Heineke. So one of those guys won't make the roster then. Sorry, Kyle Allen. Take a hike. Kyle Allen. I think it's Kyle Allen. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Heineke. Heineke. Are you speaking of quarterback? If I were not to take one, are you are you okay with us not drafting a quarterback this season and just riding with the three guys we got in the room right now? Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm fine with that too. I, I I'm fine with it. I would prefer drafting at least one day two or three. Mm-hmm. No, Again, absolutely. I mean, I'll go BPA. A lot has to do with how the draft falls, and if there's a guy that's not there, then. I, I get that. And so with the second third round pick, I probably this um, very much tackles a need and I'm going to double down on my North Carolina linebackers. And as I draft Chas Surratt linebacker from North Carolina, just like Cole Holcomb, um, mm-hmm. Chas Surratt, one of the most accomplished players in the ACC and a guy that I think could be a, a plug and play um, right away six one, two twenty-seven, 227 and really you know linebackers aren't 240 250 pounds anymore they are this you know kind of hybrid, hybrid type safety yeah. and um like he logged 15 tackles for loss six and a half sacks oops come back uh, 15 tackles for loss six and a half sacks 10 quarterback hurries um he is a pursuit 4-3 outside linebacker, which is exactly what we need. That brings value on every single down. Yep. I'll have that. And what's also interesting is he was um, recruited as a quarterback. Really? Mm-hmm. So is that athletic? Yep. And then also he has he can study the game like a quarterback. And you can see you know, that is a tremendous value in my opinion. That's why I went with – this guy from North Carolina. So he did the he did the opposite. Uh, Maryland started as a quarterback, then transferred to linebacker instead of being a linebacker, going to quarterback. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, oh, with Maryland. the fourth round, oh, they man. took um, Ohio State's slot uh, slot corner, nickel corner, Sean Wade. Um, I know our uh, Kyle Fuller, Kendall Fuller, excuse me, and uh, William Jackson are our top two corners with. Jimmy Moreland really in position to take this starting role, but you know, in case Jimmy Moreland doesn't work out, then what? Yeah. So that's why I am taking Sean Wade, former five-star recruit, Redshirt Jr. I mean, he's coming from Ohio State, so there'll be a lot of familiarity with some of his teammates here. Um, but he's projected as a big, um, as a nickel coverage option, and um, he could even play strong safety if need be. And um, Ron Rivera loves him some versatile players. Yeah. Yep, I wouldn't count out Jimmy though just yet. Yeah, he he's still been having his moments. No, I I think I don't have a problem with Jimmy, but I mean, it's not 
Like, I feel like we need to plan B in case that doesn't work. Yeah. 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 I hear you. And I know That's we so- signed like Daryl Roberts or some vet from Detroit, but I, I don't know much about him. So either way, I mean, this is, um, you know, with the fourth round, this is what you do. You throw something on a dartboard and hope it sticks. Yeah. I feel like we're getting now. Let's go. <laughs> hey, Bashad Breland, that worked. Fourth round. Breland? Wasn't Breland second round? Fourth. Cool. All right. Um, with my fifth round pick, I got Joshua Kendo, um, edge rusher from Florida State. 6'7", 247. Good God. Um, just used situationally. He's uh, projected to work, be a defensive end in a 4'3". Uh, again, if Ryan Kerrigan is no longer um, going to be a Washington football team, or then we need more depth at edge rusher for sure. Yeah. And to round out with the seventh round, I took, going a lot of BYU for some reason, I'm taking They're good Matt Bushman tight end from BYU and then um, Zach Wilson's top target wide receiver Dax Milne or Milne. I don't know how to pronounce his last name. Who was the first one you said? Matt Bushman. What position? Tight end. Tight end. I was going to say, where, where, where are the tight ends? Yep. So I got one tight end. We know that Logan Thomas is our starter. I know that Samis Reyes story um, is a really, really interesting one. And I know he, he, is off the charts in terms of athleticism. Of course, we don't know if that necessarily projects to being an actual tight end. Or but a football still, player. He um, hasn't played a football you know, game. Yeah, we, I'm, I'm fine with drafting two tight ends if if needed. Okay. Um, just as long as we never have to see Jeremy Sprinkle again, please. And thank you. I think Notre Dame has... Sprinkle, sprinkle, baby. Sprinkle, sprinkle. I think Notre Dame has like three tight ends entering this draft that are mm-hmm. at least 6'6". Six, six, or 6'4". Six, like, didn't Sprinkle sign with Dallas? I think so. Which we already know what's going to happen then. Yeah, Chase Young's going to fucking kill him. <laughs> yeah. Good luck trying to block Chase Young. It's, it's not, it's not going to happen with this one, Tom. He still can't catch. Mm, we'll see. <laughs> he can catch an STD while he's down there in Dallas. <laughs> Tom's still so nervous. Well, of course, <laughs> but not so against our team. It's yeah. just he'll do well against other teams. He's not going to do well against us. So our defense is good now. Just, just to round out my draft here, one receiver, one offensive tackle, one QB, one linebacker, corner, tight end, wide receiver. If there is one need that I did not fill because there was none that were available, and that was free safety. And mm-hmm. so right now I have no idea who our free safety is going into the season. If, or if he had just yet to be signed. But as of right now, it looks like on paper that would be Jeremy Reeves and nothing against Jeremy Reeves, but I do not think he should be the starting free safety moving forward. No. That is interesting. And that, I mean, that's a position we kind of highlighted a couple of weeks ago being like they should need, they need to address. Mm-hmm. And the fact that, I mean, that's a mock draft, obviously, but none fell, fell to you that you felt worthwhile going for. That's kind of worrisome. Mm-hmm. Say that again, Bobby. I said it's kind of worrisome that there wasn't like a, mm-hmm. a safety that you felt. I mean, you're just doing a mock draft, I understand, but like, yeah, obviously things could change during the actual draft. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure the Washington football team has a little more guys on the board than 
than you might. Yeah, I mean, if we we've talked about this ideal scenario where if we trade back and accrue more picks, well, if that's the case, then that's where we would get up go after that. Yeah, you know, that free safety from uh, TCU or something like that. Because yeah, good point. You know, there's really only two holes on defense, and that's uh, linebacker and free safety. safety. Yeah. Other than that, I mean, middle middle linebacker. Yeah. yeah, or just just a pair with Cole Holcomb and. Um, yeah, I mean, I know we'll be primarily in a nickel-based coverage because most offenses have three receivers on the field at all times, or the majority of the time, that is. So, um, you know, it's basically four down linemen, two linebackers, and the rest DBs. Ooh. That is all my – do you guys have any draft questions? I'm now just salivating. What did you say? I said, can it beat tonight? <laughs> I'm actually looking forward to being on Thursday. I got the Nationals don't play. I can like relax. Watch I'm off. You're off? Yes, sir. You, we can watch. Every Thursday. It's my day off. Nice. You can watch the Caps, watch the draft. Should we do a virtual draft party? Ooh. Ooh I might be. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> on air? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just, yeah, just do it on the draft party. <laughs> Done. <laughs> well, if you're not, I mean, we should just hop. I mean, I would. I mean, I'm watching the entire thing. I already told Megan I'm gonna watch the draft. <laughs> so, Friday. The happening. Friday. Friday. No, I no. I'm off Friday night. Are you? Yeah. I'm off Friday night too. Terry's coming in town. Nice. Terry Bear. Terry Bear will be. Terry gets in Monday. Uh, not Monday. Friday. Friday morning. And he's here uh-huh. for nine days. Oh okay. shit. Yeah, he's double vaxxed and everything, so he's with his parents. So I think we're we're getting continental with him on Friday. Oh, why would you do that to him? He's, he's a New York guy now. <laughs> no, he's been living in Atlanta for the past. Yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah. But he was a New York guy. Okay, so I was He's still a Kensington guy at heart, though. He's going to come back and be like, I like this before. <laughs> I think. It's like, this is crap. <laughs> Born and raised on that stuff. This Chuck E. Cheese nonsense. So I nice. I have some miscellaneous sports questions for you guys. Ooh, topics. Um, big update: the NFL um, uniform uh, numbers can be changed now. Um, let me just look it up. So, like position players can wear like single digits. All right. So, okay. why is it so hard to find? <laughs> All right. Well, this has backfired and tremendously. <laughs> so, I, I, as I understand, <laughs> wide receivers can wear numbers now one through nineteen or one through ten as well. Wow, one through nine. Mm. Yep. Okay. Cornerbacks could also be one through nineteen now. Like Patrick Peterson just announced, he's going to wear number seven for Minnesota. Is he? That's pretty cool. Um, running backs can be one through nineteen as well. What about D-line? Let's see. 50 to 79 and 90 to 99. So Chase can't get his two. No, he'll, get, he'll stay with 99. If he was able to, would you want him to go to two or stick at 99? No, 99. Okay. 99 yeah. All day. yeah, he's my 99 in my heart now. Fucking uh, A. And running backs can wear 1 through 49 or 80 through 89. Wide receivers are 1 through 49, 80 through 89. Same with tight ends. 
Um, offensive and defensive line still the same, basically 50 through 79, 90 through 99. Linebackers can wear one through 59. And DBs can wear one through 49 as well. So essentially, the they can bring back. so fucking random. <laughs> so, I know. I, I think that's really cool, though. Do you guys like? I like I like it. I like it. It's more flexibility. It adds more creativity for the players. It looks. I mean, it's going to look more like college, but that's fine. And also, that's something I, I would say, I, I was thinking that's twofolded with this, is like now we can finally officially retire Sean Taylor's jersey, Daryl Green's jersey, John Riggins, Art Monk, Joe Theismann. Because and you know a lot of concerns are like, oh, what if we run out of numbers? Well, now you just opened up. There's a more hell flexibility. A more. Yeah, that's a great point. I didn't even think about that. That is a very good point. Yeah. Do you think Snyder would be smart enough to actually do it? No. Th- that sounds like common sense. So my answer would be no. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, for a guy that. for a guy who's going through some uh, legal issues and could use some good PR, you would think that that's the least he could do. But I mean, that's what he does. He deflects. Deflects. And he lingers. Um, yeah, no, linger. I, I like the uniform change idea. And I mean, it's don't be an old white guy. Just, just. Yeah. Oh my God. Stop yelling at clouds. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think it's cool. Um, and I know a bunch of like, then like if I were a player right now, like I saw like DeAndre Hopkins, he's like, should I go back to number six? Yeah. That's what he wore Clemson. Like, Stefan Diggs go to number one. That would be pretty cool. We'll see a lot more number ones. I don't. I've always thought this should be the case. I don't know why the NFL is so strict. And hopefully, this leads to because my biggest issue with the NFL and their jerseys are the helmet thing, where they can't have multiple helmets. It's so, so dumb. So dumb to why? me. It's it's like um, it's a safety thing. They say that they can't regulate the like if they have multiple helmets, they can't regulate the say. I don't know. It's some bullshit. If college players can do it, why can't the NFL do it? In my mind, it's more merchandise to sell. Why would they not want to do that? That way, we're not wearing. Or we don't look like we're wearing like cherries on our head when we do our uh, throwback weekend or homecoming weekend. We can change it to actual the right shade of burgundy. And look like a a unit. Please and thank you. Look like clowns out there. What what you're doing is just making all all the sense in the world. Thank you. God, it makes no sense. Anyways. What's I your next? What so I'm gonna take his disrespect. <laughs> Watch your mouth and help, so, and help um, me with the sale. Make the sale. <laughs> the the next question I have for you guys, and Bobby, you, I'm sure you have an opinion on this because this was discussed throughout the day. Um, the Diamondbacks and Braves played a doubleheader. As you know, doubleheaders now are official games with seven innings. Um, Madison Bumgarner no hit the Braves, which I love to hear so 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 much. I hate the Braves so goddamn much. Um, and technically that's an official game. Didn't count. He, did not, he did not allow a hit. However, it's the Elias sports bureau says otherwise, Bobby, what are your thoughts? I'm sure this has been discussed throughout your day today. Yeah. I talked about it a little bit on the podcast to close the podcast today. In my mind, that's a no hitter because you went into the game already establishing that it was seven innings. It's not like it got called at seven innings. It was supposed to be nine. And also, you can't put blame the pitcher or the, the the player or whatever for a rule change that was out of his control. Like they decided like they being baseball and the and the players union decided to make this change. 
And so if you go the, and the whole thing is like, all right, well, I see the, my, the, the argument I see the most is that, well, you know, you never know what happens in the eighth or ninth hit inning. Like someone could have gotten a hit or something. It's like, yeah, but that strategy changes in a seven inning game. Like you're going into a game already strategizing for a seven inning game. Like the manager is already, like you get to the sixth inning, that is the eighth inning. The seventh is the ninth, you know? So when you see like players pinch hit and get hits late in a no hitter bid, like in the eighth and ninth, that can still happen in a sixth and seventh because the manager is already planning for it because you know the game is going to be seven innings. So in my mind, it's still a no hitter. I mean, that's an amazing accomplishment to go seven no hit games in a major league game against that lineup too, the Braves yeah. nonetheless. It's an official game. It's an official game. You knew it going that's into it. Tough, though. That's tough. You think so? As, at the same time, how many no hitters have been broken up in the seventh or eighth innings? Yeah. Or ninth innings. Like, a shitload. A shitload. Eighth and ninth, a shitload have been broken up. Because so, it's hard like, to go nine full innings. Nine full innings is absurd. We've seen more often than not people go through seven. I mean, how many times have you got the notification? Oh, no hit through eight. Bang. Oh, sorry. Didn't happen. Yeah. Or through seven. Same shit. Yeah. It's tough. I mean, he did the, he did the complete game. But I just, uh, that's, that's tough for me. I think. You can put it in, but you better put an asterisk on that. Like, if you can put it in and put the asterisk, hey, throw it in there. So, yeah, according to MLB, the MLB rules say it is not no-hitter. An official no-hit game occurs when a pitcher or pitchers allows no hits during the entire course of a game, which consists of at least nine innings. Well, there it is. It's literally in the rules. I would still count it. If I'm mad, I mean, yeah, Official game. If I'm so mad at them, I'm counting it. I don't know. Would you like? Okay, if you're Madison Bumgarner, would you count it? No. No, I wouldn't either. No. <laughs> I'd say fuck That's a you. Good question. I want my nine. Which, by the way, I didn't know this rule about the doubleheader, the seven inning. So I made an uh, over bet of the Orioles on one of the doubleheaders, uh, <laughs> and Uh-oh. I was like. Going to the sixth, I was like, oh, I'm straight. All I needed was one run. Then all of a sudden, I get my update because I get the updates of after three innings, six innings, and then the final. And I got it out to the sixth inning. I was like, oh, I'm golden. <laughs> I just, just need one more run to push. Yeah. And the game was over. And then the game was over. <laughs> <laughs> I was so angry. I was like, I was like, that says seven. That says final. Yeah. That's that says final. That says, huh? That's weird. You done did it. I yeah. love the seven inning doubleheader. As someone who works in the sport, <laughs> there's no need to play eighteen games in eighteen innings in one day. I, I, I agree. agree. I agree with it. I agree. With it. I just didn't know. Yeah, yeah. Yep. I hear you. Um, okay, that was my first question. My second question, or, or sorry, that would be the third. My last one is we have a lot of Terps updates. Yeah. Mark Turgeon has been extended. Yes. Um, he has gotten three transfers. Fats Russell from Rhode Island, point guard, um, one of the best players in the conference. Whatever, what conference is Rhode Island in? Um, um, Rhode Island. He got 
uh, Georgetown's big man. I forgot his, I can't pronounce his name off the top of my head. And then they got this guard from Utah. In addition to that, um, Rhode Danny, the Atlantic 10. Yeah. Uh, Danny Manning has just been hired as an assistant coach. One of the most decorated college basketball players in history mm-hmm. with former head coaching experience and has familiarity with this area for recruiting trail. I mean, this is a really, really good hire. Uh, or at least we like to on paper it is um, at the same time, Darren Marcel, despite having another year of eligibility because of COVID has entered his name into the draft as did well as get, put his did name. he get an agent? No. Okay. Um, and also entered the transfer portal as did Eric Ayala, as did Aaron Wiggins. Um, I think we can all confidently say none of those guys are draftable. Maybe Wiggins. Aaron, maybe. maybe Aaron. Yeah. yeah. Aaron, maybe. So he needs another you know, year. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I mean, I, I think if you, because that's what happens when other recruits come in, as opposed to competing are, you know, forming a deep team, they transfer, which I think is BS, but I mean, that's just frankly the name of the game now. I mean, if, if Marcel and Wiggins and Ayala come back, you're looking at a, a team with, you know, final four aspirations. Yeah. Think, but they're not going to all. They're, I mean, I, I, I love the point guard that we got off the transfer market, as well as that big man, which were our two biggest needs. Um, but it, it doesn't sound hopeful that any of these three guys are coming back. Yeah, looks like. Oh, this actually must have. This probably has changed since, but Maryland was ranked number six in the country in the way too early preseason. Rankings. Number what? Six. Six overall. Yeah, my, yeah, my Uber's here. <laughs> but it also says Turgeon brings back three full time starters in Ayala, Wiggins, and Dante Scott. So that has not, that this happened before. And also assuming Daryl Morselli. So this happened before those three guys declared. So that, that's sure, sure to fall. So the interesting thing is with Morsell. He entered the draft with the ability to pull back and have another year of eligibility and also entered the transfer portal, but he also mm-hmm. said he's leaving open the possibility of returning to Maryland. Yes. He's got all, all three have all three have been doing that. Is that right, Bobby? I, I know for a fact it was more so he said it in his statement. I I wanna say they did too. I don't wait. Did Ayala and Wiggins didn't enter the transfer portal though? Did they? They just entered the draft. I thought they went to maybe I'm wrong. I'd look up there. I, ho- I hope you're wrong. Have to look it up. Uh... It would okay, make yeah, more sense. He has not entered the the transfer. Yeah, Ayala is just entering the draft. There's no way. And Wiggins, did you check Wiggins already? That's what I'm checking right now is Wiggins. And he was who would be my one seed. Like that's who I, I think really needs to stay. And he said just the draft. Yes. Yeah, I also said the same thing. He's just entering the draft uh, and maintaining his college eligibility. Okay. So it looks like Marcel's the only one that entered the transfer portal. But he also said I'm also keeping the open the idea of returning to Maryland. So I think the three of us we can kind of agree. None of them are going to get serious looks at the NBA. Maybe no. Wiggins, and that's, I think, even a stretch. So if Ayala and Wiggins come back, 
you have these three transfers and assuming a solid recruiting class coming in, I wouldn't Marcel, wouldn't you want to come back to that? Sure. Yeah. As a team that overperformed last year and made the tournament and won a game. And like you said, Tom, if you come back now, you're talking about final four team and a top 10 team in the country. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. It was a lot of it, it was just all it was also like all happened within like a week. So it was just like all happening all at once. And we were like, what what the hell's going on? Like we get we get three these three transfers and then we get three guys who are like, I'm leaving. We're just like, what's happening? Hold on. Everyone take a timeout. And the Turgeon. Um We're stuck with them. Yeah. I, I think I think Maryland basketball is gonna be set up in a good position next year. I mean, it I think should. I think Regardless, they're they're gonna be better. Well, at least the expectations will be higher than last year. And you know, dare I say they should at least be a Sweet Sixteen team? I mean, this would be the you most. Should not dare to say it. This would be the most talented deep team that we've had. I mean, at least if these transfer students and Fats Russell and um, I can't remember the basketball transfer. I can't remember his name. The Georgetown guy. Yeah, I don't remember his name either. But Tom, we watched him at the Big East tournament, and he had a great Big East tournament. He did, and he looks like a legit. Like we just talked about, the Wizards finally getting their mm-hmm. center. Like this looks like a legit centerpiece for the mm-hmm. Terps since Sticks yeah. left. Absolutely, uh, Kadus Wahab. Say it again. Kadus Wahab, six eleven, two thirty seven, junior. Average twelve and eight last year at Georgetown. Nice. So nice. I, I think it, it was a lot of news, but I think I think it'll be. I still think it'll now, be. And, be and then Turgeon was, um, um, extended. How big of a deal is this, Danny Manning hire? Is this kind of know. the assistant coach that we needed? Maybe where was his? What's his uh, head coaching history? He coached at uh, Tulsa and Wake Forest. Uh, I mean, so like, I didn't read the. What is his? What's yeah? What's his role? I, I have no idea. I know they just lost an assistant coach, so they need someone. I mean, I I have to imagine a, a large portion of assistant coaches' jobs are recruiting. Danny has a history of recruiting in the DMV region and has many ties locally as well as nationally. I'm excited for him in the to get DMV to region and meet the tremendous guys in our locker room. It doesn't say if he's going to be like, you know, an offensive guy, a recruiter guy. Please be offensive. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that'd be great if he comes in as like the offensive head coach or, you know, coordinator, and then... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wonder if this is, like... He was the head coach at Wake 2014 to 2020. I wonder if this is, you like... The no, I was going to say, like, a stepping stone for him to get another head coaching job. Oh, that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, for us. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's see how it works out first, because, I mean... I mean 
he was a team manager at Kansas and then assistant at Kansas. And then he coached for Tulsa for three years and then wake for six years. So. I mean, he worked his way up. And he did. You don't see that, see that a lot, especially with former NBA players. Um, they don't usually have to climb the ladder like he did. And they were also him and Turgeon were teammates. Yeah. I can't. So he was 78 and one eleven at wake. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. That ain't. So maybe not too great. It's just like a, yeah, that, that's why I do. That's what I'm also curious. Is this just like a hot name? Like, Oh, it's Danny Manning. He's on the coaching staff. He's so hot. right Yeah. Now. It's like, okay. But what is he actually doing yeah. to help? Yeah. I don't know. Did you guys watch any of the uh, red-white game on Saturday, the Maryland spring football game? Did I not. did not. It was all, I think it was only streaming on the Fox Sports app. Little Tua still looks legit. Kid looks good. They're going to they're gonna score. They've got former, weapons. Former football team, future football team member. Little Tua? Yeah. No, Football team should be drafting Caleb Williams out of Oklahoma in a couple of years. The Gonzaga kid. <laughs> um, but no, I mean, you know, he's going against their own shitty defense, so I don't know how much you can take, but I mean, <laughs> he's making, he looks good. He's looking, making strong throws. They got weapons. They're, they're, they've always had weapons. It's just a matter of can their offensive and defensive lines stack up to the offensive and defensive lines of the Big Ten. That's always the issue because we can't no. compete with those, <laughs> yeah, those big farm boys. Yep. God, I hate them. So, as we kind of wrap up this podcast, I have a game that I want to play that mm-hmm. I did wanted to surprise you guys with, um, and I was uh, inspired, and I'm completely just ripping it off, but I wanted to play this game with you two for the longest time. From uh, Pete Haley, they do this on JP. Tommy sticks. Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> they do this on JP and B. Mitch, and I know they also do this on the Redskins talk. Or dang it, whatever their podcast is. I um, miss the Washington Football Talk podcast, <laughs> where it's twenty questions. I have a player. You guys have twenty yes or no or one word type of questions to figure out who it is. Okay, is it a any DC sports athlete or is it a Washington it is football? A, it is a Washington football team. It's a football team, team player. player. Okay. Yep. So, I am ready when you guys are. Does he play offense? No. Is he white? No. Fuck. <laughs> is he currently on the roster? No. Okay, so he is uh, – he did not play offense. Are you he, writing these down? He is not white. I'm not writing them down. And no, he's I'm not a current player. Okay. I'm just tallying the questions so we have the yeah, 20. Yeah. Oh, got it. Oh, I can okay. start writing stuff down. I can take notes, Ian. <laughs> All right. Thank you. I don't, I don't have a pen near me. Not offense. Not white. And what was the other one? Not on the roster. Not on the roster. Did Not we draft him? Did we draft him? No. Ooh, good question. Good question. Good question. Not that dra- is yeah. Not drafted. Um Ooh. Uh Did he play 
in the Gibbs 2.0 era. Yes, he did. Gibbs 2.0. Wait, let me just double check. I'm fairly certain he did. Yes, he did. Okay. So mid 2000s. Yep, we're five questions down. Mid 2000s. Did he play linebacker? Yes, he did. Linebacker. We're six in. <laughs> Damn it, you guys are doing much better than me. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna go harder too, but I didn't want to I didn't want to be that guy yet. All right. Um do you want to start? You could, you'd narrow down some more, but I don't know who I'm going to guess. I think I know who I'm going to guess, too. I'll, all right, I'll try to narrow it down, and then I'll let you guess, because I'm... Uh, um, <laughs> I already have a... All right. Is it Marcus Washington? Shit. Yes! <laughs> Seven questions. <laughs> yep. Boom! Teamwork. Was that going to be your guess? No, I was going for London. Oh. Marcus Washington. Good God. Damn it, Bobby. <laughs> that is really good. I was like. Because then that really would have fucked me. Because ne- my next question was, does his number start with five? Yeah, I was going to. My, my question was going to be, was his number yeah, I, in the 50s? <laughs> yeah, I was going to go by guessing the number or like, okay, so he wasn't drafted. Was it a free agent or was he a trade? No, it was. Linebacker number 53, Marcus Washington, um, signed in 2004, actually made a Pro Bowl um, in 2004, then an alternate two years um, in 2005 and six. Really an underrated, one of the very few incredible free agent signings that we've experienced as Washington fans. So um, Marcus Washington has always had a special place in my heart. Oh, I love Marcus. I love the, the, the neck thing that he always wore. Yeah, I always. I, he also reminds me of like the Sean, obviously the Sean Taylor days and the wearing all whites at home, mm-hmm. and him just like fucking up a running back in the hole or, or like, and then, didn't he have like this kind of celebration? Yeah, he 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 was very, yeah, he energetic. He had a lot. He was very energetic. Yeah, that's the best way to describe him. Yeah, enthusiastic. Yeah, no, I love myself some Marcus Washington. Is brace face, loved him. Yeah, dang it, this was a lot. All right, I'm, the- I'm doing another one off the air. <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm right at hour forty. Yeah, yeah, we're good. We'll save it for. Uh, we can do it again. But the only problem is, we, that does well, but that sets the bar high for next time because then we now we got to aim to try to get in less than seven oh, questions. I'm going obscure as shit for. Yeah, now. we're not gonna get in less. Than <laughs> yeah, but like now, our, Ian and I have to try to every time we're gonna we try to do it in less than seven. Yeah, that, that is impressive. Damn it! <laughs> Give myself a pat on the back <laughs> for that. <laughs> Guys, this was fun. I always, I always enjoy the the draft pod because, um, you know, it, it's it's so much fun. I know this is like a national celebration um, if you're a football fan, and um, it's just it's funny the things that we talk about and the players that we predict, the players we like, we dislike, and then if you go back onto it, like. This guy panned out. This guy didn't. It's um, it's a yeah. total crapshoot, and that's why I think it's always one of the most interesting, you know, storylines every year is who's taking who. 
So, I mean, we'll, we'll yeah. certainly see. I mean, ideally it's, um, I would say realistically, if I were to guess, it would probably be an offensive lineman. I know they like um, Elijah Vera Tucker from USC. I think if that um, tackle from Virginia Tech falls in 19, we take him, no questions asked. And Christian Darisaw, that would make sense to me. But um, we'll see. I don't know, Tom. You're getting me excited for Devonta Smith falling down to 19. Oh, my God, dude. I Yeah. Don't, don't, don't put it in your head, buddy. It's already there. That's not my fault. He's, fall, he's falling, but he's not falling to 19. He, he, and he can wear number six still oh my god (laughs) as long as he doesn't go to philly dallas or new york please no good please please hard no anyone but there um yeah no i'm excited i always get excited for the draft It, it also is weird to think that we just had this like conversation last year at the beginning of covid talking about the draft and the draft was like the first sporting event that we were like, finally yep. something to watch. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of, that's kind of weird. Yeah. Excited Thursday night, eight o'clock, I think on ESPN, they do a good job. Hopefully it's not too many. Let's bring the worst part of this kid's childhood back to life Where to on the happiest day of his life. You know, they're going to do it. Yep. Every time, dude, what's the, what's the over under on that? I'm, I'm going, so there's what thirty two picks over under set at nine. Is that too low? I think that's too that's low. Way I'm too low. Up. Yeah, thirteen. Yeah, gonna, yeah. I'll, I'll still go over. I'm gonna say it's gonna be at least half. It's unreal. What's the over? Remember last year when Roger Goodell was standing up the entire time? Yeah, and then progressively yeah. just like yeah. last one, he might as well have just been in a beach chair with his shirt off. <laughs> and then like talking to the fans behind. Yeah, so stupid. Anyways, what's the over-under? Have you checked this again? What's the over-under how long the Jaguars take on the clock? I have not checked that. That's a good question. Is that a prop bet? I'm sure it is. Because no, yeah. everyone knows it. Like, are they, they're going to milk the entire, like, what is it, five minutes they get, three minutes? They have to. But why? Everyone knows what they're going to do. Oh, I, I don't Anyways, I'm excited. It's gonna be it's gonna be a nice uh, evening of sport, uh, and then after that we get the schedule drop in like a couple weeks too, which is yep. I always find find exciting as well. So yeah, Seven games. I think that the NFL just does a really good job with their off season. Even in the middle they, of April, we're talking. I like football. they know their market. They do. They, they make the announcements that they're going to have an announcement. Yeah, and it gets us fucking pumped. Yeah. Here we are, mid-April. We know, Porter. Football. We know. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Well, that's going to do it. Uh, again, just kind of recapping, uh, look, looking at the schedule. Caps Islanders tomorrow night. Orioles are playing the Yankees. The Nats have two games against the Blue Jays this week. Wizards are playing the Lakers Wednesday night on ESPN National Television. I'm sure that'll go over well. Caps Pens Thursday and Saturday. Wiz also at, Cap, at Cleveland. Wizards' schedule is actually pretty easy going out. We didn't mention that part. Their schedule is pretty easy for the remainder, you know, aside from the Lakers. Um, so that could help them down the stretch in terms of their playoff push. Uh, PMIC podcast on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Give us a follow. Updates there and all of our uh, episodes are posted there. You can also subscribe to the Put Me and Coach podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and SoundCloud and get immediate updates once they are posted. 
hopefully we'll find time next week. Um, I'm actually probably free same time next week if you guys are uh, to do post draft pod. Maybe Mondays might. I know because the Nationals have oddly enough like three Mondays off in a row, so hmm. that might help me uh, if you guys want to do a post draft pod next week. Kind of recap. Obviously, the first-round picks, but all, all the picks that the Washington football team makes and any surprises we see along the way. So keep an eye out for that. At Tom underscore Natalie for Tommaso on Twitter. At Ian underscore Foster 21 for Iggy on Twitter. I'm at Bobby underscore Blanco. Thank you so much for tuning in. Really appreciate the time, spreading the word, and uh, making us a part of your sporting listening experience. For all the boys, I'm Bobby. We'll talk to you later. Enjoy the draft, and uh, head to the Wizards. Hail to the Wizards. Hail to the Wizards. I can't believe you got Marcus Washington seven. This has been Put Me in Coach Podcast. Screw you guys, I'm going home.